Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? This is your boy, the Dope As Dude, and thank you for tuning in tonight and being here. I'm running a little bit late, but hey, time got past us tonight. I was back talking to Casal, and we getting caught up and everything, and I looked up, and I was like, it's 7 o'clock. We running late. So thank you all for tuning in on tonight. You already know the preliminary things if you are not subscribed to the podcast. If you don't mind doing that, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And while you're there, click on notifications so you can be notified each and every time a new uh, video is uploaded to the site. And then also, if you don't mind, go ahead, click it on that like button right now. Click on the like button so it can be shared with others just like you. And if you're on the go, you can always listen to the podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify and iHeartRadio. Again, that's the dope-ass dude on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And I want to give a shout out to those on-the-go listeners because you are really kicking butt. You're growing out there. And I'm so appreciative of you taking the time to listen to the podcast. And then if you're not following me on TikTok, if you don't mind following me on both platforms, you can find me, the Dope As Dude Podcast, on both TikTok and Instagram. So if you don't mind following me out there, and just a couple of preliminary things, we'll get this out of the way once Gasol comes out. If you want to follow him on TikTok and Instagram, you can find him at Gasol Henry on both platforms. Again, that's Gasol Henry on both platforms. And then lastly, his podcast, which is Just Me Podcast, that is here on YouTube. So you definitely want to go and subscribe to him. He'll tell you a little bit more about that once he comes out. But I am really excited to have this guy on the podcast on tonight. We've been following each other for a while on TikTok. And he is here in Dallas as well. And so we've been following each other for a while. He's a believer and he posts a lot of um, videos, inspirational and Christian videos on his page. And he goes to a church that I'm pretty familiar with. I'm not going to say the name of the church, but he goes, he attends a church that I'm familiar with. I visited this church before. Uh, one of my good friends, uh, he is Seventh-day Adventist as well, and he's I visited that, that church with him. He goes to a different Seventh-day Adventist, but I visited that church with him. And then I have a couple of people that are cool, I'm cool with. They're musicians at his church. I hadn't told him that, but a couple of my friends are musicians over there. So I'm really excited to have him on here, and he is super inspirational. And I'm going to go ahead and bring him on out so he can tell you about himself. Kasal, <laughs> what's going on, man? What's going on, man? It's an honor to be here, brother. You know, <laughs> we've been following each other for a while, but I, I love your podcast, brother. And the same for yours, man. I love it. And I love what you're doing. And like I share with you, so little history here, guys. So uh, we were talking yesterday. And I was like, dude, where do you record your podcast at? I was like, you go to the studio. And he was like, no, I built it myself. And he's going on and all these cameras and all this other kind of stuff. So I had already respected what he does. But instantly I became like a fan and a groupie of his brother because he is like really doing his stuff. So Kasal, tell us a little bit about that. you, man, and what you got going on. Absolutely, man. Well, I, I love mentoring. I love talking to people. I, you know, we have so many experiences and through just conversation and even you and I just connecting and, and having conversation, man, that that really motivates to share more because you just never know what that person may need to hear that may change their life. And that's kind of the basis of for why I'm even doing the podcast just me as you know my background is actually in IT i've been in security now for 23 years but i love 
helping people and, and ministering to the community and just helping people heal any way that I can, even if it's just through sharing, you know, experiences that I've been through. So is that how you got into podcasting, you know, just expanding your territory and your reach, trying to reach more people with your message? Yeah, I, I've always felt the, you know, I, I would share things with individuals and they would like, man, you know, I know someone else could, who could learn from that or could really be encouraged by that. You should share it. And so I kept hearing that and I was like, man, I don't know. And then I just did it once and I got a lot of comments. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just keep doing it. <laughs> now, was that scary for you? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> it was in the beginning because it's odd, it's kind of odd sometimes. You know, you're the only one in the studio for me and I'm looking at the camera and it's like I'm used to talking to people. But looking at the camera and acting like there's a person behind it, you know, <laughs> it took a little getting used to. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, especially when you have like such high tech quality editing that you do on your podcast. Y'all no lie. So when I was looking at this guy video, I was like, dang, he does a lot of editing, editing because he's going different angles and everything that's like, bam, here and bam, here in your face and everything. So last night he was like, no, I don't do any editing. That is just like live recording and everything. So, I mean, y'all really have to see it because it's amazing. So, okay. So you got started, you wanted to expand your ministry and everything. And mm -hmm. so, and of course it's transparent. So how do you find sure. that level of transparency or that level of confidence that you're willing to open up and share you with people you don't even know? That's, that's the level of vulnerability. How do you get there? It, you know, that, that's so true. Um, I, I think what really got me there was when I was going through my divorce, I've, I, you know, people who were going through similar things or, you know, talked about it, whatever it may be, they, they reached out to me and they said, you know what, I, I thank you for saying that you, you're going through it and I see what you're trying to do, you know, to stay encouraged. Like, how did you handle this? Or how did you handle that? And as I shared it with them, I, you know, they would, go away, come back for a little bit. And then they're like, man, you know what? If you hadn't told me to expect these things or to this wave of emotions or to be prepared for this, like I would never have been prepared for it. And so in hearing those little things, it was like, man, I, I need to be transparent if it means helping someone else heal. If I'm constantly creating stories that, you know, don't have any impact in my life, then the authenticity in talking about it is showing through it because you can't really connect to it. But when it's personal experience, like there's a certain passion and, and a, a drive that you have with it. And people see that and they can connect with that and know whether you're real or not. Yeah. And so, I mean, because, and I'm glad you talked about and said that you share your divorce because normally mm -hmm. we hear more women talk about their experiences with mm -hmm. divorce. You know, we just hear men, they'll just say, hey, yeah, I'm divorcing. Well, not all men, but some men are just say, hey, I'm divorcing, mm -hmm. and they move on. But for you to use your platform to talk about how it made you feel. So let's talk about that a little bit. So yeah. when you were divorced, like, so how did you feel? Like, did you, were you relieved or were you broken? Or like, how did you feel with that? Oh man, I was broken. I went through a long period of time with just random emotions where everything, because, you know, when you get married, the, the identity is the two of you. So it becomes that because two become one. So you're used to everything being referenced as the two of you. Well, when, when that divorce happens, now it's almost like, well, who am I? how do I figure out or navigate what life is now that it's not the two of us, but now I have to figure out who I am in this stage of life. And I'm not used to doing that on my own. I'm used to, you know, having a partner beside me and we figure it out together. So it, it, it was difficult, man. The range of emotions um, going from trying to figure out how to identify with groups of friends because all of the, our friends were married, 
and then now I'm not. So then it's like you don't really fit in because you can't really talk about the same things anymore. So it's it's trying to navigate even the friend aspect of it and the community. The community changes. So it doesn't mean you're disconnected from the community, but it does mean that the relationship with that community changes because you're not talking about the same things anymore. So your 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 experiences become different and you relate differently. So okay, so and and, and I try to be my not on try, but I'm always intentional with everything that I do here on the podcast. So yeah. the first four episodes was about dating. Second, mm-hmm. um, the next three episodes, five through seven, it was all about um, accepting and also just a level of transparency and starting new, starting fresh. Yeah. You know, we had people on here, different experiences, and they were forced into starting new. And then these mm-hmm. last three is all, it's about choosing you and accepting you yeah. and moving into this newness of who you are. So when you came out of your divorce, you started mm-hmm. fresh. So how did you find now, Casal, the divorced man mm-hmm. that is unexpectedly out here back in the world on his own by himself. And then also divorce is public. So you're almost exposed. It's it's public, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you put your business in the street, everybody know you're no longer married. So how did Mm -hmm. you get not back to Casal, but how did you find the new Casal? So in, in all honesty, the, the, that connection came with being broken, hitting at the rock bottom, and then turning it over as a believer to Christ. You know, there, there are things that we can control. There are things that we can't control, right? And it, it was in relinquishing that control that really gave me a sense of freedom and a sense of peace that I didn't experience before. and even though in my mind I said, you know what, I don't know if marriage is really going to be in my future. Just being honest with myself, but what I can do is if I let God lead me, then as he's leading me, if someone comes along, someone comes along. And that happened years later, but it, it really challenged me to really be comfortable with myself and discovering who I was and what strength I was going to lean on to even entertain not being, you know, having negative feelings about marriage. Because, you know, sometimes coming out of divorce, you you kind of, man, I, I can't trust again, or I can't open myself up for love again. I I don't want that vulnerable space to be trampled on again. I don't want to feel that way. However, that may be the experience as things turned, but that wasn't always the experience. You know, it's almost like getting reacquainted with the original feelings of love to understand that it may not have worked out in this situation. Maybe there are some things that you need to look at or pay attention to that you've learned about yourself. It's always easy to point the finger or to say, well, I know that person did this or that person. I don't want someone who did that. I don't want anyone who did this. However, the hardest thing is to look in the mirror and say, what did I do? What what am I to hold myself accountable for in order for me to learn my lesson and grow from where I was? every step of the way, or else you'll be right back in that cycle. If you do go back into marriage, you'll be right back in that cycle. And you won't, you wouldn't have learned anything that puts you forward or that allows you to grow as an individual. Because if I'm the same person that I was seven years ago than I am now, I'm in bad shape. Yeah. So what do you think was your biggest lesson? My biggest lesson was Communication. Communication was the You're a big... podcaster. You're a great communicator. <laughs> that, that's what developed. So I have what, what people don't know really is that I'm an extreme introvert. 
which is which every time I talk about that, even to my team, I have multiple teams at work. And every time I say it to them, they're just like, that's impossible. I'm at church. I'm an elder at church and I function on the platform. Up until the Lord gave me victory over my anxiety this last year, every oh, wow. time I'm up going to be up front, the level of anxiety is through the roof the entire week. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it's in, and you know, real quick, the only reason why I was able to get past that is because I made a promise to God. And that involves the podcast that I, I said, you know, Lord, all right, if I, if I'm not afraid of sharing my experiences, and if I vow to not turn down an opportunity to share an experience or to minister, then I need you to give me the strength to conquer the anxiety. No longer than those words finished leaving my mouth, everything disappeared. And I started to look forward to all of those opportunities to share. And that's why, as you can tell here, I can't stop talking, but that's why I love to talk about this stuff. Because, yeah, it's a part of your growth experience. And it's, yeah, that's the part of the evolution of you. So that's the unique yeah. thing about <laughs> these type of experiences. So, okay. So in one of your podcasts, the last one, actually, Perseverance, you talk about yes. near-death experiences. So tell yes. us a little bit about that. Yeah. So the very first near-death experiences, uh, you know, sometimes I always kind of joke, but seriously, you know, sometimes the Lord allows people to go through multiple experiences because he's like, listen, I'm trying to tell you, you're not listening. So here's another wake up. Well, but the first one that I had was playing basketball. It was actually, you know, it was it was in my sophomore year or yeah, sophomore year of high school. And it was the last play of the game. We'd been playing well. And it was uh, it was an, an alley. They threw me the alley-oop, and I was going up to dunk it. My teammate thought it was for him, so we collided in midair. And they carried him off, you know, because he was injured. I got up, played the rest of the game, and, you know, there was probably like a minute left, and I was running off adrenaline. Well, on the way home, I had some ices from – you know, Taco Bell, where they used to sell those. And and the, so it kind of numbed whatever was going on. Well, five o'clock in the morning, I wake up in extreme pain and I don't know what's going on. And so I start rubbing my stomach and I realize that I have a balloon outside of my chest and it's it's just really stiff. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I'm thinking, well, maybe it's gas. I don't know what's happening. So I start pushing on it. <laughs> and, and so I'm like, I'm getting no relief. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> so I end up like, I end up in tears. And so my parents take me to the nearest hospital and they're looking at it and they're like, well, we don't know what's going on. Um, you got to figure this out. So we, we didn't like that. We went to Baylor when they went to Baylor and they realized what happened. I had actually ruptured my small intestines in such a place where in order for them to even address it, they would have had to pull out or move my vital organs just to get to the place that was ruptured. And the doctor, he didn't think I heard, but he was telling my parents off to the corner and he was like, listen, we've never done this before. So if we do this, he may have less than 50% chance of making this. And he said, the other option is to just feed him intravenously and hope that it closes up. And, you know, I, in that bed, I remember to this day, and my parents talk about it in that bed. I remember hearing that. And I, I immediately said, God, I just need one more chance. I need one more chance to not take life for granted. I started thinking about the trees, the leaves, all of those things that I had, you know, you see every day you don't think about, but when you're in a position to where you may never see those things again, it's, it's like it takes on a new meaning for you. And so that was 
that was the most, you know, that, that was the scariest I've, I've, situation I've ever been in. But that also led to 17, 18 years of internal bleeding every day. But it was a journey to healing to where, you know, the, you know, went to a natural lifestyle center. They changed my diet. They, they took me back to exercising and they were able to wean me off of my meds. I was taking 30 pills three times a day. I was taking 90 pills a day just as experimental drugs to see if it would work. And so that was my journey. But, you know, that that thought that you may never make it, that that thought that, you know, you're in a hospital room and all of these things that you wish you could have done, the time you wish you could have spent, the things that you wish you could have said to people, all of those things rushed back. And that's why even to this day, I try not to, to lose track of, of anything that would cause regret. So if, if the Lord impresses me to say something, I'm going to say it. If the Lord impresses me to share something, I'm going to share it. But I'm also going to let the people around me know that I love them because I don't know if that may be the last opportunity I get to share that. Oh, wow. And that's such an extraordinary story because, you know, the, the thing is, you know, we take the small, the we take everything for granted. We, you know, yeah. well, not everything, but a lot of things for yeah. granted because mm -hmm. we just think, oh, well, there are leaves here. There are trees here. And, and we don't mm -hmm. really pay attention to it. And like you said, you really don't pay attention to it until you feel as though you may not ever see it again. That's when it becomes right. valuable. Wow. So that is a life changing experience. And as told by Victoria, she wants you to, she said, can you repeat that prayer? And she was, this came up when you said your prayer about anxiety. Yes. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I said, Lord, and, and these are almost verbatim. I said, Lord, if, if I, if I vow to share my experience, if I vow to be transparent for you, then I need you to take away this anxiety. I need you to release me from this fear of being up front to share those things and minister. So if you remove that, then I won't turn down an opportunity to minister or to share any experience that can help someone else. And I'm telling you, man, the, the power in releasing, we, we love to control, but the power in releasing that just literally, boom, I, I got up off my knees and I was like, man, I'm going to be up on the pulpit this weekend. Great. I got a story to tell. I got to share this. It was just like instant. It was crazy. <laughs> wow. So in when you were, when you first went into it, because that is a long journey of healing. You said 17 oh, yeah. years, you know, you were still mm -hmm. bleeding and everything. And in that moment, this lead us really good into the topic tonight. They kind of counted you out a little bit. Mm -hmm. They said the chances of you surviving is That's less right. than 50%. So in some regards, mm -hmm. they're pretty much saying, hey, he may make it, he may not make it. That's right. Are there other places in life that you've been counted out? Oh man, yes, yes, yes. I, I was counted out. I was actually expelled from a school uh, in elementary of all places, but they they said that I was disruptive, that I was doing all these things. Everyone else in the class could vouch that that was not the case, but it was a case of, you know, in that case, racial prejudice. And it, you know, the, the things that they said to my parents about me, I'm sitting right beside my parents and they're literally telling my parents about this kid. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know who they're talking about that. I've, I've never done any of that, or I don't behave like that. My parents are West Indian, first of all. So there is no amount of discipline that wouldn't happen if I was being rude or disrespectful in class. <laughs> That's just not a thing. I mean, we can't do that. 
<laughs> and so when they were telling my parents that, I mean, over and over and over, and it actually got to the point where there was some physical altercation where the teacher put their hands on me. And then I was like, that's it. And then they expelled me after that. So, you know, in situ that, that was one situation. And literally I've been told, you know, they were asking people in the class at another school, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? And I've always loved computers. And so I said, I want to be in the computer space. I want to figure out how to, to work in that space. And the teacher literally chuckled and said, yeah, you'll never do that. You're not, you're not smart enough to do that. And I didn't react. But in my mind, I internalized that. And I said, no, man, you're going to be wrong. I'm going to show you that that's wrong. And as, as the Lord would have it, when I graduated from school, came back and started working in oil and gas, I went back for alumni to that very school. And who do I see standing at the door as I'm parking? And this is, and this is just to, to show how the Lord does it. You leave your battles to the Lord. Cause I'm telling you, he lays, he can't lay it out any better than that. I pull up and I park. I had just bought my first car and that was a, a BMW 325XI. My baby. I Dang, pull up like, and I park. You up in any faces. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I pull up and I park. And let me tell you something. The funny thing is, the only parking space was right next to him. So oh, wow. I pull up and I park. He sees me get out the car and I smile. And he, he's heading to the gym where I'm heading to. But to me, I didn't even have to say anything. I wasn't even thinking about that until I saw him. I was like, oh, yeah. He said I wasn't going to. But the Lord, the, when the Lord says that he will prepare your table in, the, in front of your enemies, he'll do it. But only if you leave it to him and not try to take it into your own hands and, and do it like that. But I tell you, man. That has driven me to where I literally look at nothing. I look at everything and I say, you know what? I can do it. I don't care if I have to read YouTube, whatever it is. There's always a way for someone to do something because it's just a matter of understanding how it works, reversing it, and you can do it. Yeah. And I think that is so true when you, I mean, well, I know the whole, let the law fight your battles. That is, that is so true. But I think sometimes, especially in the world today, we are so like busy trying to get even with people. Oh yeah. It's not your job to do even, get even with folks. And I think that's where we miss. We want people to feel the way that they feel. And it's this saying right now, like if you want to make whoever upset, you know, succeed, win, mm -hmm. do the thing that yep. they thought you weren't going to do. You know, like it could be That's like right. in your situation, they told you, hey, that may not be the thing for you. And then you come back and you succeeded in it. Or maybe mm -hmm. somebody tell you, oh, you're not going to do live life without me. Mm -hmm. Go live your life and live your best life and let them mm -hmm. watch you live it. So but don't go and try to get even with people. That's right. That ain't your job. And also you wasting an energy and time <laughs> on someone who yep. doesn't even deserve it. So put it in mm -hmm. the Lord's hand, walk away from it. It's hard to do. Trust me. It's hard to do. Yes. But yes, put it in his hands and, and just walk away from it. Yep. I, I was, I was listening to, I forgot who was telling me this, but this, this comment stuck into my head and said, why are you letting people live in your head rent free? These people don't even know that you're thinking about them in that way. But if you're the one focusing on it, then they're literally living in your brain rent free. And those type of things they don't forward, they don't give you forward progress. You can't accomplish things if someone is constantly renting space for free. So true. So, 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 so true. So, so this past weekend I did, I was on a, uh, I was a guest on a, another Zoom call podcast, whatever. And we talked about self-sabotage. And mm. in those experiences in life, sometimes when people count us out and they tell us things like how you said those thoughts were in your mind originally, 
how -hmm. did you get to that place and how do you still today fight those when those words try to creep up and get in your way and keep you from moving forward how do you counter those things the voices in your head absolutely so my dad has always told me that you know you can never take back words and so even when i felt like i wanted to rebuttal (laughs) to say something in that moment i realized a couple things first of all if if i reacting if i'm reacting to a certain situation that means i i didn't think about it if i'm responding to a situation that means i've thought about it so when you think about reactions then you're not even able to see what the domino effect of those choices will be but if you take a second and you step back and you you know in myself in that moment i was livid livid but internally i was thinking man how can i get back how can i prove him wrong because the you know if i were to say something in the moment you know some people may have laughed it it may have been a a minute victory in that moment but what have i really done i haven't done anything live up to what that individual's opinion of me was. I I did not have enough self-control to calm my emotions, to, to, to not respond or to, to respond with a thoughtful, you know, thing. And I, I did, I chose not to respond, of course, but what I did say is the next time you see me, it will be different and that i will let that speak for itself and literally uh, no lie when i went to college i thought about it when i was when i was doing computer science i thought about it and i t- full transparency i went to, to to college and i got an f in my calculus the first year and i sat there and i was like oh my goodness I refuse to let this be my story. I cannot do this. And I put in the work, the hours, and I was sick because all that time, remember, I'm bleeding internally. So I'm at school doing these natural treatments while I'm bleeding there. And I was like, no, man, that's not going to work. And I ended up making all A's and all the math that I did after that because I started to remember the feeling that I had. And I didn't like that feeling. And I didn't want to feel that again. And I wanted to come back and prove to myself, this no longer became about him. This was, I need to prove to myself that I can do anything that I want to do. Because I'm going to encounter people along the way that will have that same opinion. And you asked about modern, you know, now, oh yeah, I fight it all the time. I, I, there are underhanded comments there are un you know people who go behind you try to do land grabs with your group and all of this but i'm telling you man all the time the lord always allows some decision to pop in my head that changes the game and in in the modern world now or in this modern day it's relationships when i first started my job, I I was never, because of my mindset, I was never afraid of title. So I would go, I would talk to the CEO. I'd talk to the, to the CFO. I'd talk to all, CIO. I would set up time with all of these senior leaders and I'm just a manager. I started as a, as a manager. I would set up those time and build those relationships. Five years later or three years, four years later, what happens? The Lord realigns. We have realignment of organization. And I start reporting to the same people that I've been building relationships with the last three years. So every step of the way, everything has just been ordered because I, you know, I'm relinquishing that to God. I'm not trying to do it on my own so they can say it. And, and they've even been, some people have been exposed 
where other people from their area will come to me and say, you know what? I don't feel right about this, but this person's saying this, and I think they're going to make this move against you. I never asked for it. I didn't even know that that existed. But the Lord allows me to, to have that knowledge. And then I strategize and we play chess. I don't, I don't have to be aggressive or be that way. I can just let the Lord lead my strategy. But now, Kasal, we live in <laughs> we live in the clapback, and I just saw a comment by Willie, and he says, cause you're trying to match energy. So we live in mm -hmm. a world where we yeah. react. We react. Yep. It is mm -hmm. it's hard for us to, I mean, and oh, yeah. but let me tell you before I go here, I think <laughs> that is so true what your dad said. You know, don't don't react. That means you didn't think, you know, mm -hmm. think about it and then respond. But in many, we live in a world now where, oh, yeah. you know, as soon as something happens to people, they go on the internet, mm -hmm. they go live or they create yep. a video and they vomit yep. toxic mm -hmm. on people yep. and their listeners. And I can't even lie to you. Most times when that stuff happened, I, two, one, two things happen. I scroll on by really quick or I remove that person from following mm -hmm. I do, because I mm -hmm. hate that. But that's the world that we live in. Everybody right. wants to match energy. So yeah. what do you say to the energy matchers? Those who, you know, <laughs> it's hard for them to respond. We want to react in that moment. We want to react. That's right. Absolutely. And so how, how I, what I would say is this, and I, I tell my team this, you know, when we're doing different conflict resolution and crucial conversation workshops, I tell them, would you rather have to come back and say, I'm sorry, or would you rather not have to say, I'm sorry at all? So even though I may be heated in the moment, you know, and, and it's hard, it's hard. I'm not going to, you know, growing up, I had a temper. I didn't have that self-control. I would, I would react like this because I hate seeing injustice. I hate seeing this. I hate seeing that even as a kid growing up. So I used to always react through that temper, but in experiencing a lot of the pitfalls that my dad tried to warn me about when it comes to reacting, <laughs> got myself into a lot of stuff. <laughs> then I started to, I started to look at it. And I was like, you know what? Maybe there is something to this whole take a step back and think before I speak type of deal. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, Go ahead, it's I'm tough. sorry. It is really tough. I, I, I will say that it, it's tough not to feel that welling up. But what I what I try to remember is this, you know, if, if if I look at it from a spiritual standpoint, you know, the devil always is going to use someone or something that he knows will get to you. So if we were living in a perfect world, that individual would not do that to you, would not say that stuff to you it, because it would be perfect. But if we if, if I'm taking my eyes and I'm, I'm looking through a spiritual lens and I'm looking at you, then I have to realize that, man, I know it's not you. I know it's in the form of you, but I know right now you're being used to get to me because it's exposing a weakness in me. And that weakness is I want to react. <laughs> so when I, when I start to try and look at that way, then I've, I've been in scenarios where the person is yelling at me and I'm calm because in my mind, I'm thinking, you know what, who knows what just happened in this person's life. They may have lost someone. They may have had something drastic happen to them. They may have had this. Like I think of all the, the things that could possibly impact this person. Now it took years to get there, but. And I'm yeah, still struggling. With all, you're thinking, <laughs> who knows what has happened in these person's life? And the regular yeah. person is thinking, who cares what happened in this person's <laughs> life? I'm about to punch them in their face. If they keep yeah. <laughs> I didn't say those thoughts didn't come to my mind. 
I just realized that that these actions could cause could hamper me from where I'm trying to get to. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so let's see here. We got Amanda on, and this is my cousin. So Amanda, thank you for listening in tonight. Amanda and Miles just went blurry here. So Amanda says she takes. I give myself 10 seconds now because I used to respond before thinking that is super cool. And that is exactly what he just said. Think before you react and and just respond. And then chancellor, Oh, this is my niece. My family is out support me tonight. Thank y'all fam. First Peter three and 10, whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking, yeah, de- uh, deceit. Okay, yes. cool, cool. That is so true, and I and that is something that I am really, really big on. I now one thing is, back in the day, I used to be careless with my words. I would say whatever. I would. I, I really would just say whatever, and I didn't care where it landed in your life. If it hurt you, mm-hmm. I'm. I don't care. I'm just gonna cut. But now I am so careful with my words because I don't think we really understand the Mm -hmm. power of our words we can kill somebody literally (laughs) you know physically mentally emotionally with our words if we're not careful with that yeah okay and i still go back i'm sorry just real quick i still go back because the the divorce that experience through the divorce is what taught me all of that because you know understanding how words made me feel and really feeling those words and understanding not being able to fight something that you know is right in front of you in terms of words or or the way that they make you feel man that's when i started realizing the power of words and how in one moment i can say something and devastate someone and being on the the end of that, it's just like wow. I I never thought about this. I always felt like I just I tell it like it is. Like I I tell it, you know, the unfiltered truth. Yeah, but it's more than that. It's more than that, and that's that's the excuse we all use a lot of times. I'm just telling it like it is. Okay, mm-hmm. you may be telling it like it is, but you have to also remember that someone is receiving what you're telling and yeah that that is like really really bad so let's talk about the words because we talked about the words towards other a lot of times we don't think our words are the power of our words are applicable to the death things that we're we're killing our own dreams yes and we are speaking death on our own future and destruction yes. on our own future just in our words so mm-hmm. let's talk about that. What do you think about that? Oh man, I, I believe that a hundred percent because even in, so when I first started the podcast, the very first podcast, it took me two years to do it when the Lord had given me that two years before. But what I kept saying to myself is ah, I may have the equipment, but I don't know how to do it. I don't feel comfortable talking in front. I don't, think I can do this. I don't think I can do this. And what I did was in my subconscious, I believed it. I began to believe it. And so I didn't believe that I was worthy to even do it, or I didn't believe I knew how to do it. And then I didn't want it to look willy nilly. So I wanted it to be professional. I wanted it. So I, I think there are different things that tactics that we use when we get in that space. And when we run out of the excuses, at least for me, when I ran out of excuses on why I couldn't in terms of what was holding me back, when I finally had everything set up and built, then it became, well, what do I have to really say? Or I have to make sure that it's fully edited before I send it out. And then the delay happens there. So it's like, if you're not careful, you can find yourself taking a long to get to that first milestone and then extending it even further because you're finding something else to fill that void of, I can't. Wow. And I think, you know, like with words to ourselves, 
And one reason that I think we should, it's, 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 it's not like an email where you can hit recall to sender. That's right. No. Once you say it to yourself, you've already heard mm -hmm. it. You probably yeah. start processing it. So your words are so very important in how you see yourself, how you move in your future, how you move in your everyday life. And I just, some people is, and I used to be guilty of this. We wake up and we're saying bad things to ourselves. Throughout mm -hmm. the day, we're saying bad things to ourselves. We go to bed thinking bad things about ourselves. And it's like, we don't need the world because we already speaking these things, these horrible things to ourselves. And the world is just confirming what we're already right. speaking to ourselves. And that's something that I, and I heard T.D. Jakes one time say that we, a lot of us, we don't need the enemy talking about Satan, the devil or whatever, because <laughs> mm -hmm. it's the enemy. We already got the enemy that is destroying our future. And then the enemy, the outward, he sends that's people right. to confirm all of those things. And it's mm -hmm. only to sabotage your future people, those who are out there listening. It's only to sabotage and it's only to keep you from moving ahead. And you have to apply the same thing. You have to think before you react. So think before you say some of this stuff to yourself, because you can't recall it. You can't recall right. and delete and send a new file and a new email. No, 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 no. Once, it, <laughs> once you say it to yourself, it's out there. So. Take, That's right. take your words really seriously, people. That's right. So, okay. So are you the underdog in any form of life? So I always, I always act as though I'm the underdog so that it, it keeps me motivated to keep moving. Because if I feel like I'm not the underdog, then I could get complacent and comfortable and Comfortable is the enemy of procrastination. <laughs> so you get comfortable, then you don't want to move. Well, I'll try this tomorrow. I'll improve that tomorrow. This is working for me. I don't need to change it. It's a formula. Well, but if you keep challenging yourself as an under, well, man, this is out there. I see this person doing it, even on the pocket. I look at yours and I'm like, man. Dang, he's doing this, he's doing that. How can I incorporate some of that in mind to make it better? So if you're constantly looking at yourself in a way as an underdog, then you don't leave too much room to be complacent. You're always learning and moving. And I think that's the problem with a lot of us. Nobody want to be the underdog. We all want to be the alpha dog. We want to yeah. be the head one in the thing. And one thing I have learned, and this is the same thing, and this is why I love our relationship, because we inspire one another. And we tell each other, like, hey, dude, this is what you're doing that is challenging me to be greater. What I always try to do when I go into a new environment or even like podcasting, I always try to deal and hang with people that I think are two steps ahead of me. I think they're two yes. steps ahead of me because that gives me something to work towards. I always right. want to be working towards something. So if that means that, hey, I'm the low man on the pole, that's cool. Yes. I, I'm good with that. I I, I will ab absorb everything that you are passing down to me because at one day I'm going to be passing it down to someone else. So I don't mind being the underdog either. I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And even if you look at if if you look at Kobe, right? Kobe was the underdog to Jordan. But he used that as his fuel. It he he made the statement and even Jordan made the statement where if you if you were trying to get better as a basketball player, you don't go play with people that have the same skill set as you. You have to play with people that are way better than you that will challenge you to be better. And I've, I really believe in that mindset. So I'm always hanging out with people that are outside of my league because that helps me and challenges me to learn more and to push myself more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Miss Moore said, let me put that up here. Our thoughts can be our worst enemy. Exactly. Yes. 
And then Tanya, this is a good friend from California. Tanya, thank you for tuning in. This is so timely, okay? And Chancellor is back. I have a quote on my wall that says, doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. And this is very true. So, so, so yes. true. And yes. then let's see what we got here. Okay, they all saying so true. So you're inspiring some people here tonight, Casal. And Great before God. we started, you said you were <laughs> like, oh, I was nervous up until this point right now. And I'm like, dude, why? Yeah, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, I, okay. I respect your show, man. And I, I just, you know, you, you always think, am I going to live up to that standard, man? I love it, though. <laughs> and, and see, that, that that that's something good to talk about because I thought the same thing about you. So, you know, every time, every guest is different. So you are another podcaster, someone that I respect and someone that I love what you're doing. And I tell people this all the time. So I could easily be intimidated by what you do. I, can, I, mm -hmm. I have a choice. I can either be inspired or I can be intimidated. And most times that. a lot of us choose to be intimidated because we are comparing ourselves to mm -hmm. someone else. And like I tell people all the time, anytime you compare, you're always going to come up short because you are comparing your reality to your perception yes. of someone else. So when I saw you, you know, and I knew you were a podcast and I looked at your stuff and like I said, you, you know, you just like really own it. And I was like, like, how am I going to handle this tonight? Like, how am I going to interview when well, I interview, but conversate with him and make this a podcast that people enjoy? So we are sharing the same like <laughs> feeling or whatever before we came on here tonight. For the same reason, but it, at the end of the day, we both inspire each other. And Absolutely. I mean, I think that's what it's all about, my brother. So Absolutely, okay. man. Okay, so Kiara shared, and we're going to get back to, she in one of the song, PJ Moore, and she said, um, if you counted me out, if they counted you out, they can't count. And I think that mm. is so true because people count you out. That mean they just can't count. They can't I count because they count count you out, so they can't count. So, how, when people, for those who are listening, what advice would you give someone when people are telling them, "Hey, you should you shouldn't do that," or "Hey, you should give up," or "That's not going to work," or "You aren't qualified." for that <laughs> or you aren't pretty for that, pretty enough or good looking enough what do you think what do, what words of advice do you have for someone who has been counted out so I, I the advice that i would give is something that i've i took for myself and that is no one can ever put value on you the only the true value is whose you are and not who you are. So it's not what people say to you. It's what you believe because you know whose you are. So the and and I'll I'll give you a quick example. How I I came to that conclusion is I I kind of forced myself into that pattern. I always heard that you know, if you carry yourself with confidence that people will view you in a certain light. So I tested that theory. So in the very, very early on years ago, I would wear completely mismatched things, but I carried myself confidently because I wanted to see what would happen. And I got so many compliments, even though I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, normally I would never wear this, but I got so much, so many compliments on it because it's the confidence that you have in what you're doing. And I use that to really take a look at myself and say, that's evidence that it doesn't matter what anybody's opinion is, how you carry yourself, what you believe in and what you feel like you can do. That's all that matters. That's all that. And if they're telling you that you can't do it, it's because subconsciously within themselves, they don't believe they can do it. So it's not even about you at that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And and I tell people, so I read this book, The Four Agreements, and one of the things in the book, and I tell people this all the time, is one of the agreements is take nothing personal. And it talks yeah. about people are fickle. So, yeah. and you just said this here. Someone can tell you today, hey, Casal, I really love your podcast, man. It mm-hmm. is the bomb. I could tell you that, Casal, it's the bomb, blah, 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 blah. And tomorrow I come back and tell you, Casal, bro, <laughs> you need to give up. Yep. <laughs> like for real. It's like, dude, this podcast is a mess. It's a hot mess. <laughs> That's true. But and it's coming from the same person, but my experiences mm-hmm. in that moment are different. That's so right. I'm reacting and deflecting what I'm feeling on That's you. Right. So, like you said, you have to know whose you are and not who you are, because and especially if you're gonna let who you are be uh determined by other people. And what That's they right. think and whether they're liking your pictures and liking your videos and all this kind of mm-hmm. people are fickle. And you, like he said, you have to know whose you are because people will change on you in the flip. That's right. Absolutely, yeah. man. And challenge so yourself. Be- <laughs> Say that one more time. Challenge yourself. Because when you challenge yourself, like it's got, like literally I woke up one day and said, you know what? I've never built something i'm gonna build a deck and i just got up and started building i I youtubed it and then i went and built a deck built a gazebo and everything i'd never done it before but when you challenge yourself to these things then it allows you to stretch your yourself and your belief in yourself i love that i love that so casal i mean man we've been going i mean our time is like blown by which is amazing yeah i know like we've been going on this is what happened when you get two podcasters together i see (laughs) so okay so where can well let me put this up here so i know where we can but so if you want to follow casal so tell us a little bit about your podcast again for those who just came on and yeah let us know a little bit about that Sure. The podcast is just me. And literally, that is the transparent, raw promise to God to be fully vulnerable in talking. That That's exactly what it is. So what you'll see on the podcast is I pray about it and I think about it and I use all of my experiences that I've personally gone through and just share it for encouragement, for, you know, someone to just think about or consider and know that you're not alone. So the idea is there's healing in community. So the more we share is the more we can heal. And so that's why the the podcast, Just Me, is literally just me being full and transparent. And you can see that on YouTube. It's, you know, Safe Space Network. And then on Safe Space Network, you will see the podcast, Just Me. See, he he came on the podcast tonight. He got his little logo shirt on and <laughs> everything. And because I'll see, I'm acting like I'm acting like them folks, them Negroes. About. I don't see it. He got his little shirt on. You compliment. We couldn't do compliment you. No, that brother got his shirt on and broken hot. Space, uh, space, space network. So you guys, oh, your little, uh, here I go with little again. Hold your uh, logo up so they can see it. Cause all, yeah, safe space network. That's right. So y'all see why I love this brother. He is on his <laughs> grind. He is on his grind. So you can follow Just Me Podcast. It is here on YouTube. So go out there, find him, Casal Henry Jr. And uh, put in Just Me podcast and you will be directed to his page but also go out and follow him on tiktok and instagram he's posts some amazing stuff out on both uh there and then because so when is your next podcast coming out when is your next episode so the next one is actually dropping tomorrow good okay you said that a little <laughs> like you weren't sure about it did i just put you on the spot we holding you oh no no no. Okay. <laughs> no no it's it's up i'm just i set the published date for tomorrow I was so excited about this podcast. I didn't want anything interfering with it at all. I wanted to just enjoy the moment with this. Y'all, did y'all, y'all feel that smoke coming up? He's blowing smoke here. (laughs) No. (laughs) 
<laughs> Transparency. <laughs> Transparency. But go out and support his podcast on tomorrow night. Uh, I will be checking it out, of course, and go and follow this guy on all forms of social media. And for those, next week is the final, the season finale of this season, season five of the podcast. And our last episode is The Emancipation of Me. So I'm mm. really excited about talking about that and just the freedom of being yourself. So make sure you tune in next Monday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on YouTube. And then, of course, just be your own vibe. Couple of shout outs. Want to thank Leslie again. She's working my chat tonight. Thank you so much, Leslie, for doing that. Thank everybody for coming in. Hold on, we got a latecomer, Brock. What did he say? Brock Little, sometimes when someone drops a seed, sees or drop in our lives, and it's important for us to guard our heart to ensure that seed sown of doubt don't grow. All right. That's how you show up late, Brock. You come in with a word. Good. A good one, Brock. That's my buddy, Brock. So thank you for joining in tonight. But thank everybody for coming on tonight and participating and checking it out. But make sure you tune in next week. We'll give some prizes away. We may give away a Safe Space Network a t-shirt who knows there you go we might, we might work that out with the own, with the person here got the creator on the, on the show tonight 7 p.m next week guys thank you and look forward to seeing you next week peace thanks